In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, we are going to discuss the top prospects, the top NBA prospects in the SEC. College basketball is back. Well, not yet. I guess it is. I mean, they've played some preseason games. But college basketball starts this week. We've been waiting on college basketball. The NBA has already kicked off. They started playing in Europe. They played in Australia. And now it's just college basketball in the G League. But since it's right around the corner, we are going to preview the top prospects in the SEC. James and I are going to share our thoughts and opinions. Stay tuned. Big, big shout out to each and every person that's made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. My brother James is in the building once again. He is now officially a member of the Locked On NBA Big Board team. So you're going to hear a lot more of his, I was going to say wild takes, but a lot more of his draft takes this season. But before we get into this episode, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Game Time. All you have to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and you can use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the app that I use to help me buy tickets. I went to a Yankees game. I went to a Dallas Wings game. I actually bought my tickets to the Bud Crawford-Errol Spence fight on Game Time. All right, this episode is about the top prospects in the SEC. And also, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please subscribe, like, share, comment. That would help us grow the YouTube channel. All right, college basketball is around the corner. I think the first official games are like on the 6th. We've been waiting on college basketball. It's kind of like NBA started. They started in Europe. They started in Australia. We're just waiting on college basketball in the G League, and they will kick off within the next, give or take, 10 days. But the SEC... Okay. Once was considered a football conference. I guess it will always be considered a football conference, but they're producing a lot of talent in basketball. Not only is Kentucky a, a hotbed for talent, but you got Arkansas and to come up. You got Alabama. So who is your top prospect in the SEC? Aaron Bradshaw. Okay. We, we agree on that. I like Aaron Bradshaw. I like him a lot. He's a guy that you can't just look at the numbers in high school and say that they they wow you. He played with DJ Wagner. But why do you like Aaron Bradshaw? Long. Agile. Agile. Yeah. Dunker. Yep. And on top of all of that, all of that, excuse me, I think he has potential to be a good shooter. Oh, definitely. I don't even I don't even know if potential is the word. I think he is. Well, good okay, so they I think he can't already space the floor. They haven't, you haven't seen a lot of it, but in the glimpses that you have seen, I'm buying him being able to space the floor when yeah. necessary. I think he's going to be able to space the floor this year if That's if it's at if this he's point. healthy. I mean, you know, like I forgot the stat, but I, I saw like Kyle Parry only let like Carl Anthony Towns shoot like see, 11 threes yeah, and then Cat so, is like arguably the greatest 7 foot 3 point shooter of all time. Statistically, he can't find anybody. That's better. fine, but <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki's still alive. But I'm saying with uh, Aaron Bradshaw again, will he be? Will he be allowed to take jumpers? We'll see. Yeah, but Kentucky does not. Nah, you're gonna play Kentucky boy. Let Kentucky. it fly. From, even though, if you look at the number of threes they took when they played at the Global Jam in in, in Toronto, 
they took threes, not at like a high clip, but for a Kentucky team, and that was without Aaron Bradshaw. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to like about him. I recently saw he had a uh, interview. Uh, I think he said he put on like 15 pounds of muscle. I think he's up to mm-hmm. about 225 right now. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, shot beater. Shot, yeah. Rim protector. Rim protector. Uh, guess what? When he gets a point guard, they can throw him lobs over the top, especially at the next level. He'll be executing all kind of dunks in traffic. Lateral quickness. Yep. I can see him defending on the uh, perimeter with, yep. with, without having any issues at all. And, uh, again, he knows, which is very important for shot blockers, he knows when to jump, and he knows when to just be tall. Be vertical. So, like, I, he checks all the boxes. I'd take him top five right now. Won't overthink it. I have him top ten. What I like about him, a lot of things that you mentioned, he's long, agile, good athlete, has the NBA positional size. I love the fact that he has a good touch around the rim. He can space the floor, like I mentioned. Good hands, and yes. he's efficient. He finishes everything around the basket, and he's a good foul shooter. With the good free throw shooting, the soft touch around the rim, the you know the the flashes of being able to show that he can space the floor. I think he's going to be good. At the minimum, he's a vertical lob threat, but I think there's way more game than than just being an athletic rim runner and, and dunker. But he scores on offense and rebounds. My concerns are he's a little thin. Sometimes he's not the most physical. But overall, I like him. Um, I, I spoke to someone really close with him, and I talked about the foot injury, and they mentioned that he hurt his foot at the McDonald's game. And the reason why they decided to have surgery now is because they felt like it was just going to show up at the combine. They felt like if he you know, plays through the season, then he's going to get red flagged at, at the combine, and then that's going to impact his draft stock. So it's kind of like, let's get out the way early. They say Calipari was with it, and they're going to bring him along slowly, but he should be fine at the, in the second half of the season. I've already mentioned that I think he's going to have like a Derek Lively-type impact this year, just because Lively got off to a slow start, because I think he had like the strain calf last mm-hmm. year. And then by the end of the year, even though the numbers weren't, like, great, you saw the talent. And Lightman's playing well for Dallas right now. So I like Aaron Bradshaw a lot. I think that he is very underrated because all the attention is on his former high school teammate, which is now his current teammate. DJ Wagner. Yep. So tell me your thoughts about DJ Wagner. DJ Wagner, man. It's, um, okay, there's two DJ Wagners, all right? So when I went and did the research for this, all right, I first went to his AAU film. And that's where you kind of see, like, the bad DJ Wagner at times. But watching his Global Jam film, they kind of, like, toned it down. So he's turned it down a Kentucky lot. Kentucky is going to make you tone it down. But, they, but it, see, and here's the thing. We talked about this on the Aiden Hollowell podcast. Like, sometimes it's good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what he kind of needed because before, uh, you know, he was playing for his AU team. It was just it was drive, drive, head down, drive in the traffic. And there were times where he needed to shoot a floater and he didn't shoot him. But then at this recent Global Jam, he says last summer I saw him. He was taking those floaters mm-hmm. and he was looking like a point guard. Uh, but like his best ability is always going to be his ability to get downhill. Um, I. <clears throat> Don't know uh, if he's going to be more than a volume shooter because that's what he is. He inherited the volume shooting gene from his pops. But, uh, you know, his three 
third, third generation McDonald's All American, possibly third generation NBA player. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's 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 his crazy. pops is Dewan Wagner for yes. the younger audience that don't know. There were people. He scored one hundred six in in a high school game. <laughs> that's crazy. If Dewan Wagner was in this era, he'd been a star. He was like a huge high school star. This was before like social media back in the day. We all knew about his 106 point game and I ain't seen no film on it. It was like a legendary thing that you just kind of heard about through word of mouth and Dewan played with Bron. It was supposed to be Dewan Wagner's team and then Bron was supposed to I mean, it's going to be Bron's team when he got there, but it was Dewan Wagner's team, supposed to be. Before. Is it fair to say he, was, he was, supposed to be what, it was supposed to be him and Bron, like how him and Kyrie ended up being? I mean, that's what people in Cleveland thought at, at the time. But no, DJ, DJ is good. Um, like I said, you know, his jump shot looks kind of... It doesn't go in. And it doesn't go in. <laughs> so I, that really scares me. Because it's like, it doesn't look that good and it doesn't go in. Like, that's kind of scary. But, like, you see stuff when he does slow down. Like, he'll snake a pick and roll and shoot a mid-range jumper. Or, like, he understands angles. He's a scorer. He's, He's a, a born scorer. professional yeah. scorer. I just, the jump shot just scares me right now. Because I don't know if it'll ever be good enough for his playing style if that I makes mean, sense young. i mean it, it can be good enough but but i mean i i get it but like he's a he's a volume scorer yeah and he's gonna get his attempts up and again unless you cam thomas i mean it's you know are you gonna get that freedom to yeah. to be what you are at that next level so i don't know if he's gonna be able to get them up like that but then again, there is a long connection to Cal that no other player has had. Man. So that could but that could have a role. But I mean he's a creative and crafty scorer. He's a shifty ball handler. He just knows how to score. He knows how to change speeds. His scoring feel and his instincts are are excellent. The first step I think is good. He's aggressive. He knows how to get downhill. Did you notice he's like a a righty, but he just plays left. Yeah, he's always Everything going left. Everything he does yeah. is going left. Shows some flashes of core vision. I've, I've heard some people say they think he's similar to Keontae George, but I thought Keontae is a, a better scorer. But my concerns are the outside shooting. He's turnover prone. What's his NBA role if he's not going to be a good shooter, which he can be, but is he a point guard? We'll answer that question when we get back. But before that, let's talk about FanDuel. Now, you know FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and the NFL and NBA season are in full. I wouldn't say the NBA is in full swing. It just got started. The NFL is in full, full swing. swing for me. But you got the NBA and NFL at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, if you are a new customer, I want you to hear this clearly. If you are a new customer, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been hesitant and you're still thinking about it, there's no better time to get in on the action with FanDuel because the app is one, easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, whether it's spreads, player props, 
overs, unders, and more. And all you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on, and you can kick off the NFL and NBA season again. $5 bet. A $5 bet can get you $150 in bonus bets. Again, fanduel.com slash locked on, because Fanduel is the official partner of the NFL and locked on. The Locked On Ultimate NBA Season Preview is here. All 30 teams are covered. Now, you know Locked On has you covered every day with every team, five days a week. And in this series, it's a six-part series, all 30 Locked On hosts from the hosts that represent the teams that are expected to contend to the hosts that are basically their fans are going to be listening to Locked On NBA Big Board very soon because their team is going to be high in the lottery, but it's all covered. 30 hosts, six-part episode, whether it's on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, you got to check it out because it, it is the Locked On Ultimate Season Preview. Again, all 30 teams, all hosts, and we got you covered from the biggest storylines heading into this season. All right, when we left off, we talked a little bit about Dewan Wagner. I should say a little bit. We talked about Dewan Wagner. We talked about his concerns. What position do you think he is? Uh, I think he's a point guard. I think that the passing ability is there. I think he can make plays. I'm buying him as a point guard. I think uh, he has the talent to wrangle all of it in. Again, again, my biggest concern is just the jump shot. But I, I do see the vision, and I see like you know he can get downhill and he can make the easy reads. And like I don't think he's a selfish player, mm-hmm. but um, I, I see him as a point guard uh, because. I feel like that would easily be his best role because he can't. I feel like eventually he's going to figure out that my passing will be uh, needed more than my scoring at the next level. You think so? Do you think? Not pure point, not pass first point guard, but like with his ability to get downhill, he'll be able to get guys looks, which in turn make his scoring easier too. Okay. Now, I don't know how you feel about Rob Dillingham. Do you think they can play together? Yes, I think they can. And I think they don't have a choice. I personally wouldn't have made the choice to play with uh, each other. Yeah. Just because, you know, I'm trying to get mine if I'm Rob Dillingham, especially how I play. Rob Dillingham is my favorite college basketball player right now. Oh, he's now. the most entertaining. He's entertaining. I'm not talking about draft projections, NBA projections. I'm just talking about pure fun. So I personally wouldn't have gone there if I were him, but I think that they can play together. Um, and just like I said, watching um, DJ at the Global Jam, like he he reeled it back in some. So like, and, and Rob was bad at the Global yeah, and Rob was bad. So it's almost like both youngins got humbled in a sense. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they they came in and they tasted success playing the way that they were uh, known for playing as. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, didn't Rob have like 40 in the scrimmage? Yeah, he, he was cooking in the scrimmage. And one of the things that I read was that after the struggles at the Global Jam, 
schools were calling. I mean, that's that's the world we're in right now. It's almost yeah, it's like crazy. it's this world of uh, imagine like in the dating world, you and your wife or your girl, y'all having problems, and now everybody's <laughs> calling. And you into that oh, portal, up, man. You know, you need to jump into the relationship portal. I mean, that's exactly what's going on. A kid can have a bad game. I mean, it's going to happen within the next six weeks. Highly touted recruit. He's going to have a bad game. He's going to get yanked on TV, you know, for a turnover, not playing well. And then next, you know, the calls are going to be, the feelers are going to be out. Hey, man, you need to you know, get down with us. Yeah. I've seen it happen. And guys transfer so early. So Rob stayed. And he did say that, you know what, I got to get better. I got to do this. Like, he handled it like an adult. He handled yeah. it like a pro. And that was, to me, and he, it, shoot, the easy way, I would I would have been to leave. And he, like, he handled it like a pro. So I have nothing but respect for him. And that's why I think that this is going to work for these two uh, high-volume guards. Well, for Rob, it has to work. Because I think, look. Either you're going to play the way Kyle wants you to play, or you're not going to play at all. Look, look, look. If Rob wanted to go to, I don't know, Missouri. Well, well, I mean, I think he signed with NC State first. He wanted to go to NC State. He can go be Rob. He would have stayed at NC State. We saw how they let Turquavion get get loose. But anyway, so do you think Rob is in first-round pick in 2024? See, I, I I don't have a grade on him right now because it's just so much to try to figure out like if it's going to work with how he plays. Again, the talent, the creativity, like he has all of those things, but to see it translate at that level, especially with the, I guess you can say the stigma that OTE had, like it'd be interesting to see if it works. I think two years are probably best for him. But in this draft, like, I wouldn't – if he has the kind of year that he thinks he can have and the productivity and he just shows enough, I would definitely enter the draft if I were him. But I almost think this is two years are probably best for him. What do you think? Man, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just so torn because, again, I didn't – I wasn't – happy or I I just wasn't a fan of his production at the Global Jam and then after that I went on record of saying that I think he's going to have to change his game because Kentucky doesn't need him and it's not like you know if he went to those other schools where if he played really really bad that they have no choice because he's by far the most talented player on the team and they got to live with his mistakes because I mean, no matter how much he tones it down, he's still going to be Rob Dillingham. So you're still going to get some early shot clock, sidestep threes where he made the defender dance. That makes coaches, I mean, just pull their hair out and go crazy. And he can't take a lot of those because Kentucky has so much talent that they can win and win the SEC without him playing a significant role. So that's what I'm, I'm... concerned about for him but from everything that i've seen i know preseason doesn't necessarily count i think it was the inter-squad scrimmage if i'm not i could be wrong but i saw the highlights he had 40 40 is 40 40 is 40 especially in college basketball but we'll see i mean he could be the biggest wild card in the 2024 class because there's some people that have him as a first round pick there's some people that don't even think that he's going to stay at kentucky (laughs) 
the whole season because if he's not playing early, they think he's going to put his name in the portal or whatever. I mean, I've heard, like, comparisons to, like, what happened with Khalil Whitney. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting. And I don't want to sit here and just kind of predict that it's, it's not going to work. But that's one of my favorite stories. Hey, I'm rooting for him, man. That's my guy right there. All right. When we return, we're going to talk about Justin Edwards. Me and James are very divided on Justin Edwards. Stay tuned. Then I want to talk to you about game time. Now, I'm a big supporter of game time. Like I mentioned, I bought tickets to the Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence fight on game time. When I was at the NBA draft in June, I went and bought Yankee tickets on game time. And I recently, I went to a Dallas Wings playoff game, bought the tickets on game time, even the Dallas Cowboys game on game time. And because with game time, you don't have to worry about buying tickets to your next event. Game time is fast. It is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for different events, whether the sports, music, comedy, theater, shows, and more. And with game time, all you have to do is just download the app and they have last minute tickets. The tickets are easy to find. What I like is that they give you the price. You can hit the all-inclusive price. So it's not like these other apps where you see a price, oh man, this ticket is $50. And then by the time you <laughs> hit checkout, you find out that the, the whole ticket is $200. Well, with game time, it's they have the all-inclusive price. They have last minute tickets, like I mentioned, flash deals. And you get views of the seats from the venue. I was just in Madrid. I was trying to buy tickets to a Real Madrid basketball game. And they didn't have game time over there. And I couldn't see like my seat. And I ended up buying these seats that I thought were good and it was like behind the hoop because it just tells you lower ball. So anyway, you don't have to worry about that with Game Time because they, you, on the app you can actually see the seat. And all you have to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Now terms apply, again, create an account, use the redeem code LOCKEDONNBA you can get $20 off your first purchase. All right, last segment, Justin Edwards. I am high on Justin Edwards. I have Justin Edwards as the number one player on my big board. James is over here snickering like there's a prospect. He can't shoot. He doesn't. You're tripping. Oh, okay. 60% from the free throw line. 28% from three in the EYBL. High school stats. 32% from three, 70% from the free throw line. And global jam. 35% field goal percentage, 29% from three. And he's almost 20. He's, okay. he's a whole year older than Jalen Duran right now. He's almost two years older than Ron Holland. All right? He's athletic in transition. That's it. I don't see shot creation, far more turnovers than assists. So, he's a catch-and-shoot guy that doesn't make jump shots. And he doesn't have an athletic advantage. I just don't see number one overall, man. Please, I mean, enlighten me. It's not a strong me. class. He has, hey, look, it's not a strong class. But there's still Alexander Sarr. There's still Ron Holland. Who has his own concerns. He does have his concerns, but he's two years younger. I trust his shooting ability, and I trust his ability to put the ball on the ground far more than Justin Edwards. Well, Ron is is a guy that played four in high school. 
Hey, hey, he's hey. going to measure out at 6'4". Six, 6'6". Six, six. He's going to measure out at 6'4 and a half at the combine. Is he done <laughs> growing? I don't know, but Ronnie ain't that. I mean, they had him listed at 6'8". No, he's not 6'8". And if he's listed at 6'6", six, six, that means at the combine, he's going to measure out at like 6'4 and three quarters. We don't play barefoot. But go ahead. Tell me about but Justin Edwards. I, I like the long wingspan. I like the versatility. He does a little bit of everything. He's fluid. He's coordinated. He is a guy that the, the percentage doesn't look good because he's a tough shot taker, tough shot maker. He wasn't making catch-and-shoot shots, He right? can create off the dribble, transition finisher, excellent finisher around the rim. He rebounds. He collects a lot of steals and blocks. He averaged over a block a game. He's 20. All right. That's the same thing people said about Brandon Miller. We live in this age now where if a kid is 20 years old, we're like, oh, my gosh. This I mean, guy I get is it. old. That means he's going to be a 21-year-old rookie. Right. But, look, here's my thing. I expect you to be blocking shots and rebounding when you have two whole years of a physical advantage over the people out there. He was 19 in high school. He'll be 20 next month. In this, well, this is the end of October. He'll be 20 in December. Okay. So it's like, I just don't see the physical tools, the physical advantage. Like, to me, his upside is 1,000% contingent on him being able to shoot. And, again, the form looks great. Like, again, if I, just, if I didn't read those stats off to you, you probably man, he got a burner. But because the film looks like he can shoot. But when you dig into it, you'd be like, dang, he can't really shoot like that. So, again. He can knock down shots. I mean, did you see the last couple of games of the Global Jam? He got off to a slow start. How slow is it for you to finish at 29% from three? They only did, play, but, like, three games. But when the games matter, I think he had, like, one really bad game that impacted the stats. Man, look. Look, I, the size. He's a wing. He can handle, he can pass, he defends, he rebounds. I mean, he can do a bunch of little things. He is probably, in my opinion, the safest pick in this draft. Safer than the bigs? Safer than Alexander Saar, who at, at the worst case is going to be a rim runner? Athlete? Okay, but look, I like Alexander Saar. Don't get me wrong. But what happens if Saar goes back to the Saar that we've seen the past few years? What if it was just a small glimpse? Now, look. That's again, fair. All right. Now, look. Last year at the G League Showcase, and I'm not saying this as a knock on Saar, we saw how that showcase, Scoot rolled that. You, he did. He rolled that all the way to the number three pick, which a lot of people thought was even crazy. Right now, people probably aren't going to be paying attention to Star like that because people aren't paying attention but to him. But we yeah, but are going to pay attention are, to But him. he's going to be able to ride that performance out. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a big fan of the versatility. There's so many things that he does that contributes to winning. He thinks he's going to be able to defend multiple positions. I mean, in this draft, everybody has major flaws. That's true. And I don't think for him, shooting is the major flaw. But Okay, but here's my thing. And from the film that I've watched, how else does he score? And every opportunity that I've seen him has been catching and shooting. 
catching and shooting, but he's not making shots. The athleticism does not jump out on the floor. Jump, excuse me, does not jump off the film. Uh, he looks athletic on fast breaks, but like I don't see a quick first step. I don't see no boogie. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, I just don't see the shooting ability. I see Martell Webster. But Martell Webster was a guy that only thing he could do was spot up shoot. And then those numbers never really translated, right? I think Justin Edwards, the same thing everybody's saying about Edwards is what everybody said about Brandon Miller. Like, no, nah, hold on, hold on. Brandon Miller shows you he could put the ball on the ground last year. No, coming into the season, everybody said Brandon Miller's old because all Brandon Miller did was shoot middies and pull-up jumpers in high school. They said Brandon Miller wasn't a good athlete. They said that he's older than everybody. They said that, you know, he don't have any wiggle. All of this stuff that people said about Brandon Miller coming into this season. And then he got off to a good start, and then people still said, oh, well, he just can't finish that. The only thing he can do is shoot. People weren't saying Brandon Miller was a good shooter. I actually had a scout tell me last year, I'm not high on Brandon Miller. He had him like 28th on his board <laughs> because he was like, he's older than everybody. And because he's older than everybody, the shooting hasn't progressed like I think it should have. He was so down on him. But again, that's cool. But that's Brandon Miller's race. I don't see the athleticism, the wiggle, the shooting for you to tell me that this guy is the safest pick in the draft. If I wanted safe based on like physical attributes, I would say Ron is the safest because you know what? He's going to slash. Worst case scenario, he'll be a slashing wing that can shoot threes and defend at a very high level. I don't know if you're going to get that from Justin Miller because I don't see the physical tools from him so wait, wait, to show me Justin, a high, just so, never, excuse me, to show me a high floor like that. So what makes Ron Holland a safer, better shooter than Justin Edwards? Look at the Ron shot 22% from three on 1.5 attempts at the U16s. He was 16. He was probably 15. He just turned 18. And it's not even because he's from the area. Like, he just turned. He can legit uh, be a senior in the, high school right at now. At the U17s, Ron shot 60% from the foul line, 60% from the free throw line. What about his Ignite stats? Again, it's a two-game sample. And then pull up his uh, – I'm just saying, look, man, if nothing else, slashing, transition – the best first step in this draft belongs to Ron Holland. Motor, like he checks those boxes and the shooting will come. If Ron Holland is a 35% three-point shooter, he will still be able to offer you those other things. Okay, well, all right, let's say the Intercontinental Cup. Ron Holland was 3 of 11 from 3. Okay, here's 25. No, the Intercontinental Cup, where they played the international teams when they went to... Okay, 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 my fault. He averaged 15 a game, shot 40% from the floor, 27% from three, seven rebounds. That's, that, that translates. The seven rebounds translates, yes. Okay. Is it going to translate? Look, they got him listed at 6'8". He's not 6'8", bro. He's not 6'8". He's eight. about 6'5", 6'6". Six, six. But you can play the two or the three at 6'5", 6'6". 
All right, so you think he can shoot well enough to play the two or the three? I think he can. I think he can. Again, we, if I if I had a shooting contest right now, who will win? Justin Edwards and Ron Holland. I trust Justin Edwards because Ron ain't never had to shoot. He, but he's he. Look, there is potential and there's talent there, and you see that he's adding to it. I think worst case scenario, if nothing else, Ron Holland turns into Josh Howard type player. Now again, but we, Josh we, was six eight. I, I get and Josh that. could initiate the offense. Ron, I feel like Ron would be able to do that. I don't think he got the pace to do it. The pace. I think he's just hey, just one look, speed. You grab. I had that in my notes. He doesn't even learn how to slow down. And what happens when he can't jam R two on the controller? But again, if you pair him with a pure point guard or whatever, and you get him out there running on the wing, he's gonna be hell in transition stop. All right, but catch him on triple threat on the wing. So that's, so that's the number one pick. I didn't say it was the number one pick. I don't have him going number one. All right. You know what? We, um, we're going to have to make a part two of this. We're going to talk about the Alabama guys. <laughs> Riley Griffin, <laughs> Grant Nelson, Jaron Stevenson. There's a few more guys in the SEC, Riley Cooper. We're going to have to talk about them in a part two because we do not – Agree on Justin Edwards. Justin Edwards, I think, is going to be one of the safest picks in his run. The shooter that can't shoot, bro. But that wraps up this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Share your thoughts on Justin Edwards. Do you think Justin Edwards is like I'm saying he is, or do you think he's like with James and James? I mean, what do you even have? I think he's a top ten talent. But, like, number one is not. He's this not number, number one. is wide open in this it's, class. It's, it's wide open, but, okay, look. Do you see, does he have a higher floor than my man uh, Matas? Matas is a shooter. Matas is a shooter on film. Matas, Matas but, is a shooter on but paper. But if you watch Matas in the game, he has huge stretches where you're like, is, is he out there? Like, like. What do you I, think? I, I, I okay. See him out all right. There. Now, what do you have think? Have you seen the video of him working out and they're trying to get him to be tougher and he got the whole team hitting him? What do you think? <laughs>